I lived in Bosanski Brod, Bosnia, which was former Yugoslavia, part of former Yugoslavia. And the first time I heard of possible war happening during was during my wedding in August 1991. We thought the war in our country is absolutely not possible. And we never believed something like that could happen to us. So throughout the summer and fall of 1991, war was already happening in Croatia. But my neighbors and us, we would gather together every night and we would sing, eat, dance like nothing bad was happening to Croatia or to us. I guess we were just trying to pretend nothing is going to happen. Even though in a very near distance, we heard grenades, bombs, and heavy artillery moving just across the river of Sava between Bosanski Brod and Slavonski Brod. We actually never thought that in just a few months, we will all leave our homes, our hopes, our families, friends, and the only place we called home. And basically, officially, as of March 1992, we started our journey as refugees. You said that you didn't believe that the war would happen. Why is that? Oh, because we were so united as Yugoslavia, or at least some people never thought something like that could happen because we believed that we were one nation, one country. So we lived in a very mixed society and like with Muslims, Serbs, Croats, like we married each other. We had families, so that's why we actually never thought something like a civil war could happen. So I married a Muslim man at that time, like we didn't really look at each other as Muslim Serbs or whatever. I just fell in love with a guy and I didn't even realize he was a Muslim. I was a Serbian, he was a Muslim. So during the war, that was nay-nay possibility. So basically during this whole turbulence and uh, the start of the war, I was pregnant. And one of the reasons, again, we never thought anything could happen because we lived in Yugoslavia and Yugoslavia was such a good country to live in. So how did this situation affect your pregnancy and your child's birth? So when all of this was happening, as I mentioned, I was I, I got married and I also got pregnant. So it was really stressful to even think of war or anything similar. So I gave a birth to my older daughter in January, January 21. Bosanski Brod didn't have a hospital, so I had to um, deliver my child in Slavonski Brod. That belonged to Croatia already, and Croatia at that time has already separated from Yugoslavia. So to go to um, give a birth in Croatia wasn't... uh, settling at all I was actually in panic because I wasn't sure how am I going to be accepted there as a Serbian giving a birth to a Muslim man Um, I can't say I did have a life-threatening situation but um, the whole birth situation wasn't pleasant in any way Um, they did what they had to do they had to help me, but um, yes, they were 
not quite um, helpful throughout the few days that I stayed in a hospital. I was not allowed to have any visit. Um, I really didn't have any help um, pretty much throughout the few days I was dying of thirst because I didn't have anybody to pass me even anything to drink. So I stayed in the hospital about three days, I believe. And then I left. Uh, my husband and my mom came to pick me up. So we went back to Bosnski Brod. And um, very soon after that, war literally happened in Bosnia and everything just kind of went upside down. So after the war started, um, where did you go after Bosanski Brod? When my first daughter was born, Una, uh, we really didn't plan to leave anywhere because, again, nobody knew this is going to turn into four or five years um, long war. We all, all thought this is going to be like few days, few weeks, or the top few months. Um, some, I don't know even what, what to say, like it, we just didn't know this is going to happen and what's going to happen. So we didn't even have any plans what to do. And we, during the month of January and February, uh, the, the war really started turning bad in, in Bosnia Brod and Bosnia in general. So we didn't know what to do. Uh, my husband didn't want to go to fight, so he didn't want to go to either side, like Muslims or whatever. And we started thinking, what are we going to do? So we ran away for the first month to Slavonski Brod, and we spent a month there thinking this is going to go away and um, it's going to, it's not going to escalate to the level that it did. Basically what they said, uh, they were picking up everybody like Croatian army. Uh, they announced they're going to pick up all Bosnians who are apparently illegally in Croatia and they'll pick them up and return them back to Bosnia. So, and especially men who are ready for like, and they're capable of fighting. So I started thinking that I did not want to do that. I did not want to go back and uh, my husband did not want to go in a war to fight. So we escaped and we ran away to Slovenia, which was part of former Yugoslavia. And we stayed in Slovenia for about three years, and um, those three years were really tough, as we didn't speak Slovenian. Slovenian is a little bit different dialect than our language, so we didn't have a job. We lived basically off of Red Cross, Caritas, um, and all other... Um, organizations that were helping refugees. So our status in Slovenia was a refugee status. So for the three years, we didn't know what we're going to do and what's going to happen to us. After three years, and when we realized we can't stay any longer in Slovenia, as they wouldn't give us um, any um, proper papers to stay, um, we started thinking that we need to leave the country completely and go somewhere new and totally new for us and we decided that country to be Canada. Did being a woman affect your situation and if so how? Um, being a woman I don't think 
that the war affected me personally uh, in any ways. So being a woman, and I'm again talking from my personal experience, um, it didn't ex- like I didn't have any issues or I didn't have any different status. But um, I felt more the difference and the problem that I had with was being a Serbian. So everybody was looking at Serbians as villains. Okay, so related to that, um, could you tell us more how being Serbian affected your refugee status in Slovenia? Well, it wasn't really pleasant because, again, as I said, uh, Serbians are um, presented and as villains, and um, the media wasn't really... The media completely was against Serbia and Serbians, and whatever we would go, I didn't feel comfortable saying that I'm Serbian. So on every occasion that I went to pick up my uh, weekly food from these charities, um, I was sitting among other women that were Croats or Muslims, and I really felt scared to mention that I was a Serbian. So I would always mention my husband's name. I wouldn't even mention my name. So uh, when we were talking about it, I really felt uncomfortable throughout the time. Every time I would go pick up my food reserve for that week from the charity. And uh, again, I was applying for jobs in Slovenia, trying to find a job, and just being a Serbian, I did not, nobody would even look and consider giving me a job. So after many, many tries to find a job, and we actually wanted to stay in Slovenia because Slovenia was part of Yugoslavia, and kind of made the biggest sense to stay there, to be closer to home. But um, because we were not able to get jobs, um, even though I was a nurse and that uh, profession was very in demand. So we started thinking, because we couldn't go back to Bosnia. Bosnia was still, uh, the war was still uh, very active in Bosnia at that time. Because we couldn't stay there any longer in Slovenia, we only could stay, like they were only extending our refugee status every three months. And um, like every time when our status was about to expire, we didn't know if they're going to extend it any longer or if they're going to tell us, no, you can't stay here any longer, you have to go back. So we had to start thinking that we need to find a permanent solution for our families. And after thinking where we could go, we decided to try Canada. We applied about in September. It actually was really funny that all of our paperwork was done so fast within six months from first application and to our to our flight to Canada. We were in Canada in January 1995. We came to St. John's, Newfoundland. As much as we were thankful that we escaped the war, today we came to St. John's when I saw the city and when I saw the snow, the wind. I told my husband, please take me back to Bosnia. I don't want to stay here. <laughs> so the organization for um, immigrants, 
welcoming immigrants um, waited for us at the airport. They picked us up. And the first thing they did, they ran towards Una, my daughter. We arrived on January 19th and her birthday was January 21. So they knew her birthday was 21st. So they came with the bear, teddy bear. And um, they brought us into this um, house. They brought all new immigrants and the house was called Balkan House. We stayed in that house for about a month, I believe. I was overwhelmed with the hospitality of people in St. John's. It was hard to imagine that my own people kicked me out of my own country and then I come to this completely new, strange country. We don't speak language, we don't know anybody and they welcome us in such warm, welcome way. What do you think your life would be like if you stayed in Bosnia during the war? It's hard for me to even imagine what would it be to stay there. I still have friends there and nobody really likes and wants to talk about that time. I couldn't even imagine staying there. Like with me being Serbian and my husband being a Muslim, I don't even know that we would survive. Um, it was just not even possible for me to imagine staying there. What do you think life would be like today if the war didn't happen? If the war never happened and Yugoslavia stayed the way it was, I know for a fact I would have never left my country. I loved my country really, really much. So if the war did never happen, I don't think we would ever have this interview. Um, there is many immigrants from former Yugoslavia in Vancouver. Do people get along with different nationalities? Like, does the war still affect your lives? Depends. If you socialize with a certain group of people, then you just belong to that people and you really kind of don't mix with each other. Serbs stay with Serbs, Croats stay with Croats. We still socialize with each other. We don't have any any issues or any problems. I wouldn't even say that we have any issues and problems here anymore because I guess this is Canada and everybody gets along with everybody. So as a conclusion and based on your life experience, what message would you send to the world? Literally the only message I can send is the world peace. Nobody, and I mean nobody, wants to go through the type of immigration, refugee, and all of the things involving running from the war. Nobody really wants to experience that. So, world peace. Wow, this was such an emotional interview. Thank you, Susanna, for sharing. We hope everyone has a better understanding of this terrible event.